We're taking our Bible or iPad or iPhone, 1 Kings chapter 19. There's nothing like the Bible, amen? Nothing like the Bible. I just love a copy that I can just hold in my hand. I mean that. I can just place in my hands and hold through the years when I'd be going through a difficult time. I'd take the Bible and I'd just go to sleep with it. You say, Pastor Benny, you're a nut, but I'm screwed on the right boat. I just take the Bible and go to sleep with it. There's nothing like this book, folks. The grass is going to wither. The flower is going to fade, but this is going to stand forever. The grass is going to wither. The flower is going to fade, but Isaiah 48 said, this shall stand forever. Amen? This shall stand forever. 1 Kings 19. And um, let, me, let me say this, folks. You say, Pastor Benny, do you, when you get up, do you plan on, I plan nothing. Let me, let, what I mean by that, do you plan on getting excited never once? It may surprise you folks, but if I probably, if I had my way, if I had my way, I'd not preach the way I preach. But when I get talking about the Lord and I get to thinking about what he's done for me, amen? Uh, you say, well, Pastor Benny, what's, what, you're a preacher. What's the difference in a preacher and a teacher? Well, a, a teacher tells it, but I'm a preacher, and I yell it. Amen? I don't mean to do that. It just happens. But 1 Kings 19, look what verse 10 says. It says, and he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain the prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. And they seek to take my life away. <laughs> and the Lord said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break it into pieces and rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Uh, probably a better translation would be a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. I want to talk to you about God wants to whisper to you. God wants to whisper to you. I heard about a guy that couldn't hear real good. He was his grandfather, and he got him some hearing aids, and uh, they uh, helped out. And he was talking to his friend about his hearing aids, and he said, that's wonderful. He said, I can hear now. Even when they whisper, I can hear. He said, what does your family think about your hearing aids? He said, they don't know. <laughs> he said, they don't know. I just sit around and listen. But he said, I will tell you this. I've already changed my wheel three times. I just sit around and whisper. Now, now if, if there's a guy in the Bible that I really admire, it's this man, Elijah. I mean, Elijah's name literally means God is Yahweh. God is Yahweh. I mean, he was, he was a guy that I, I think I can relate some to. But here's what I like about this guy that we're going to study about today, Elijah. Look what the Bible says in James. Elijah was human as we are. 
Elijah was human as we are. Remember, the best of men are men at best. Amen? The best of men are men at best. And what's so wonderful, this guy that could go so high, he also could go so low. And Elijah was simply a human being. And Elijah was the prophet of his day, and he was a voice to the nation of Israel. And folks, I believe this. This whole philosophy about, well, the church don't need to be involved in what goes on in the nation. I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that. I believe that we ought to be engaged. I believe you ought to be involved. I believe election is coming up on November the 6th. And I believe that every Christian has a responsibility to vote. Yes, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that, you know, you say, I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm telling you that we ought to vote. And I believe that we ought to be civil, but we shouldn't be silent. And Elijah was a voice in his day. And Elijah gathered up the children of Israel and all the people of Israel. And he said, some of you are worshiping Baal and some of you are worshiping God. <laughs> and he said in 1 Kings 18, verses 20 through 21, he said, people, listen, if God be God, worship him. But if Baal be God, you worship him. And he said, here's, let's do this. He said, let's determine who the true God is. Let's determine if Baal's a true God or Yahweh's a true God. And he said, let's take a bullock, put it on a sacrifice, and you ask Baal to send fire down from heaven. You ask Baal to send the fire down from heaven. And then I'll ask Yahweh to send the fire down from heaven. And so they began to pray. And they began to call on Baal to send the fire down from heaven. But look what 1 Kings 18 and 27 says. Now they started praying that morning for Baal to send the fire down. But look what the Bible says. And at noontime, Elijah began to mock them. He said, you all have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he is a God. He said, perhaps your God is daydreaming. See why I like this guy? He said, perhaps your God is daydreaming or is relieving himself. What does that mean, Pastor Benny? Just what you think it means. <laughs> He's relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip. He's gone, to, he's gone to the mountains. He's away on a trip. Or perhaps he's asleep and needs to be wakened. Apparently your God's asleep. Now, see, this is what I said, folks. I never went to a Christian school. I always went to a public school. But when I went to school, we had prayer in school. We started each day with prayer. We started each day, and I said, we still need prayer back in school. We need prayer back in school. And, and, and I've told the legislature at the Capitol, we need prayer back in school. And this is what they say to me. They'll say this private to me. But, Pastor, if we put Christian prayer back into school, you have to let the Muslims pray. You have to let the Buddhists pray. You have to let all of them pray. I said, let them pray. Nothing's going to happen anyway. Why do we care if they pray? Let them pray. It's going to be like this people nothing's gonna happen but the Bible says that when Elijah called upon God in 1st Kings 18 36 through verse 39 God sent the fire 
and it consumed the sacrifice. And Elijah defeated 450 prophets of Baal. 450 prophets of Baal. Now, right after this, folks, it hadn't rained. It hadn't rained in three and a half years. I mean, it was dry. A guy went fishing, caught a big bass. Two ticks was on it. I mean, it was dry. It was dry. And Elijah prayed, and God sent the rain. And Elijah was on such an emotional high. I run, folks, but I'm in no way a runner like Elijah because if you read the text, he outran Ahab's chariot. I mean, the fastest chariot for 20 miles, this guy Elijah outran the chariot. Now, here's what's so amazing. You say, Pastor Benny, what a high. Yes, he could handle 450 prophets of Baal, but one woman. See, let me tell you something. You said, Pastor Benny, I can handle 450 men, but if you're not awful careful, that one woman's going to mess you up. Amen? That, that, that one woman, if you're not awful careful, folks, that one woman, and that one woman said to him, just like you killed those prophets, you're going to be dead before morning. And you know what the Bible says? He got under a juniper tree, a broom tree, and started praying that he would die. I mean, he was so down. He started praying that he would die. And look what the Bible says in our text in verse 10, 11, and 12. He said, I'm the only one left. I'm the only guy that's left. I'm the only Christian left. And look what he, verse 11 says. And the Lord said, go forth and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. And the Lord was not in the wind. How did he know the Lord wasn't in the wind? And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after that, a gentle whisper. Now, here's what I want you to understand. After that, a gentle whisper, and that gentle whisper gave Elijah direction. Here's what he was saying. Elijah, you've been up and down. God's in your emotions, but you can't be guided by your emotions. You're up and down. You've outran the chariot. You defeated 450 prophets. And a few days later, you're under a juniper tree wanting to die. You're up and down. You're guided by your emotions. And ladies and gentlemen, we can't be guided by our emotions. Your emotions are fickle. Your emotions are fickle. You say, well, I feel a certain way. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I remember just a few days after, after Barbara and I got married, we woke up one morning. And I said, you know, it's crazy, Barbara. I, I don't even feel like I'm married. She said, well, I want you to know something. You are. <laughs> See, here's what I want you to know, folks. You can't be guided. Get this down. Somebody says, oh, I just want to be happy. You hear me and hear me clearly. God is not concerned about you being happy. God 
is concerned about you being holy. God is concerned about you pleasing him. This whole deal that I want to be happy, I want to make myself happy, and I feel a certain way. Folks, that's baloney. My preaching's better than you're responding today. He said, you've been up and down, but you need to be guided. You need to be guided. And folks, listen, we need to be guided by the Word of God and the whisper of God. Now, let me explain what I mean by the whisper of God. You can't always be guided just by the Word. Let me explain. The Word's not going to say, take the job at Delta and not take the one at Caterpillar. The Word's not going to say, go to Auburn and not to University of Georgia. The Word's not going to say, marry Harry and not Bob. The Word's not going to say, stay on the life support or come off the life support. The Word's not going to say that. You're going to need to hear from God. You're going to need to hear from the whisper of God. See, folks, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to make a Methodist out of you, or I'm probably not even a Methodist, to be honest. Trying to make anything out of you. Here's what I'm trying to trying to teach you. This is about a relationship. This is about a relationship between you and God. God wants to have a relationship with you, and God wants to speak to you. God wants to whisper to you. Now, now here's what I want you to understand. That man back there on the very back row today, I've had eye surgery, and I see that man on the back row. His name is Joe Emmert. That's you, Joe. Joe Emmert, New Life Radio. I, I'm on that radio station. It's a wonderful station. New Life Radio, 90.7. I see Joe back there. But you know what I can't? I can't whisper to him. No, no, I can't. The, the reason why I can't whisper to Brother Joe back there on that back row is he's too far back. See, for, for me to whisper to Joe, we got to get close. See, the reason why God can't whisper to me sometimes and the reason why God can't whisper to you, you're too far from him. Does God want to whisper to you? Oh, yes, he wants to whisper to you just like he whispered to Elijah, that gentle whisper. But he can't whisper to you because you're too far from him. You say, Pastor Benny, I need direction. Yes, and he wants to give it to you. You say, well, I've been waiting for six months. I've been waiting for eight months. You don't have to wait that long. If you'd get up close to him, he'd whisper to you. He'd whisper to you. Now, you say, Pastor, what's involved for God to whisper to me? Well, I want you to understand, there's four levels of relationship, four levels. First of all, there's casual, that's live and let live, there's a God. A lot of people are in that casual relationship, live and let live, there's a God. Number two is the connected, connected relationship. That is, they're connected, they come to church, but just as soon as church is over, they check it off the list and, hey, I've done that. I got that behind me. I'm, I'm the good person. I went to church. I, da, da, da. Then there's a third, it's cordial you read your Bible a little bit and you pray a little bit. You just have a cordial relationship. But then there's step number four, and that's a close relationship. That's the relationship where you get to the point you say, I want to know God. Now, here's what I want you to understand. 
If you want God to whisper to you, and I don't know why you wouldn't, because, folks, we all need God's direction. We all need God's direction. We need, to, we need to hear from God more than we need to hear from anybody else. More than we need to hear from anybody else. We need to hear from God. If we want to hear from God, there's three components that, that are paramount. Component number one is time. Component number one is time. Adrian Rogers says God doesn't, God doesn't have favorites, but he does have intimates. A little boy went to kindergarten the first day. Came home, his mom said, Johnny, how was it? He said, it's okay, but not something I want to do every day. <laughs> Oswald Chambers said, no one has time to pray. We have to take time from other things that are valuable in order to understand how necessary prayer is. No one has time to pray. We have to take time from other things that are valuable in order to understand how necessary prayer is. You say, I'm busy. I, I know you're busy. David was the king. He was the most powerful man on earth. He was the king. David said in Psalms 5 and 3, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Jesus had the weight of the world on him. But in Mark 1 and 35, it says, In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And I'm not going to camp here long, but here's all I want to say to you. You say, Pastor Benny, I don't have, I don't have time. If you're a businessman, whatever your situation, I want you to understand something. If you will give the Redeemer your time, the Redeemer will redeem your time. If you'll give the Redeemer your time, the Redeemer will redeem your time. If you will give God time every day, you'll find you'll accomplish more in your day. And folks, if we want to get to the point that God is going to whisper to us, we've got to give him our time. We've got to give him priority. I, the Scripture talks about Jesus said to his disciples, in Matthew, could you not tell with me one hour? So if we're going to hear the whisper of God, we got to give time. But let me tell you something else. There's something else involved, and that's tools. If God's going to speak to us, we got to have tools because prayer is work. Prayer is work. Why do you think we don't do it? Why do we not pray? It's because we've realized prayers work. And if you go to work, you've got to take some tools. You've got to take some tools. You say, Pastor, what kind of tools are you talking about? First of all, you've got to have a place. You've got to have a place. I love what the Bible says. The Bible says, God said to Elijah in verse 11, Go forth and stand upon the mount. Before the Lord. There was a place. Not just being real practical. I would encourage you to have a place. I've got a place where I pray. I'll show you the place. That's the place. It's right there. My rug says, have you prayed today? I found in my life I don't need a lot of trinkets around me. I need thinkets around me. 
have you prayed today? And I kneel right there at that rug, and I shut the door, and I kneel at that chair, and I pray. You say, what, where, where is that room, Brother Benny? That's my bathroom. And I've learned people won't bother you there. <laughs> and you shut the door, and you pray. Now, yours doesn't have to be a bathroom, but I'm telling you, folks, you need to have your place where you meet with God, where you're uninterrupted. It's rude when we're always interrupted if we're meeting with God. And you need to have a special place. And then you need to have a pad because God's going to speak to you. And then you need a pen. Then you need a prayer list. And you write down those prayer requests. And you date when you put the request down. I'm praying for things right now, and I, I date it when I put it down. And then when God answers it, take one line. Don't, don't completely mark it out. Just put one line through it and date it. And what it will be, it will be an encouragement to you in the future of how God answered that prayer. And that journal will mean the world to your children and your grandchildren one day. And then there's a fifth thing you need. You need a plan. You need a plan. You need a plan to read the Word of God, a devotional, but you need a plan. And see, folks, it's not how much you get through, but it's how much gets through you. I'm just trying to be real practical, folks. But if God's going to whisper to us, if God's going to whisper to us, we're going to have to give him some time. If God's going to whisper to us, we're going to have to have some tools. But if God's going to whisper to us, he's got to know that he can trust us. He's got to know that he can trust us. I've never met anybody for the first time that I ever met them. And I said, lean over here. And the person said, why? I said, I want to whisper to you. Now, you don't whisper to strangers. And God doesn't whisper to strangers. If God's going to speak to you, and God's going to speak to me, it's because he knows that he can trust you. That he can trust you. Now, when I, when I, when I came across this point, I thought, God, what are some practical ways? What are some practical ways that we can show you that you can trust us? Let, let me share. Here's some practical ways from the Scripture that we can show God he can trust us. Number one, we choose not to complain. We choose not to complain. If you look at 1 Kings 19, 10, and 14, look what Elijah was doing. He said, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. I'm the only real Christian. Folks, let me share something. We get in trouble when we compare ourselves to other people. Why, why do we, we want to compare ourselves to somebody else? 
that's going to do is pull you down or lift you up. And one's pride in the other's discouragement. If I lift myself up and for some reason think I'm better than somebody, or well, all that's doing is creating pride. And if you don't measure up, all you're doing is pulling yourself down. I, that wasn't the message, but that's just what I'm saying. Elijah said, I'm the only one. <laughs> but if you look what God said to him, he said, Elijah, in verse 18, I've got 7,000 that have never bowed a knee to Baal. What's God saying? God said, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me to say, hey, whether I get the job or I don't get the job, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to trust you. Whether the house sells or the house don't sell, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to trust you. Whether I, I get a good report from the doctor or get a bad report from the doctor, I'm going to trust you. My heart may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul, I'm glad I know my God makes no mistake. And, Lord, I don't understand everything, but I'm going to trust you. About a week ago, we had a young man in our church. His name was Brent Boutwell. Had a stroke, 47, 48 years old. And I went to see him, placed my hand on Brent's head, and I prayed for him. His family was gathered, beautiful family, and they were praying and praying that God would bring him through. And, you know, I believe sometimes God takes things away and sometimes God takes us away from it. God ultimately healed Brent, and he passed. I didn't know Brent real well. But Brent had been on 10 mission trips to Jamaica, taking his family on five mission trips to Jamaica. Just 47, 48 years old, folks. We don't know when we're going to leave here. And they said, Pastor Benny, somebody's going to give the eulogy, but would you preach? I said, sure. They said, we want you to share the gospel. I said, I'd be honored to share the gospel. They started the service out. They said it was yesterday. They said, Pastor Benny, it's not going to be a typical funeral. It's going to be a celebration of his life. I said, okay. And they started the service out by saying, he's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. And I happened to look. I was seated here in that church, and I happened to look right there on the front row while they were singing, he's a good, good father. His two children lifting their hands to heaven, praising the Lord. I thought, God, God, that's trusting you. That's trusting you. That's trusting you that though you slay me, I'm going to trust you, God. It don't make sense, but, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. It, 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 don't, it don't all make sense, but I'm going to trust you. They said, Pastor Benny, just share the gospel. I just got up and shared the gospel. And then I said, I'm not going to share the gospel without giving an appeal for people to come to faith in Christ. And I gave the appeal, and 40 people prayed to receive Christ as their personal Savior. Brent's winning people to Christ even in his death. I say, how can we show God that we trust him? God, I'm going to choose not to complain. God, we're going to give to you from all we obtain. We're going to give to you 
from all we obtain. I'm not going to camp here long, but this is what I want to say. Tithing has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do, am I going to trust God? Am I going to trust God? And this is all I'm going to say to it, folks. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. And when it comes to your finances, you can trust God. If you give to the Lord, the Lord will give to you. And when I'm talking about that, it's an issue. Am I going to trust God or am I going to trust me? And then lastly, we will do what you ask and will not refrain. We will do what you ask and will not refrain. God said, Elijah, he spoke to him in that whisper. And he said, Elijah, I want you to go anoint two kings. And I want you to anoint your successor, Elijah. And look what the scripture says. It says, so he departed thence. You know what God wants you to do? To show him you trust him. God, I'm going to obey you. And I'm going to leave the consequences to you. I'm going to obey you and leave the consequences to you. I heard Charles Stanley say, Charles Stanley's 86 years old. 86 years old and preaching every Sunday. 86 preaching every Sunday. I hope I can do that. Now, wait. I was hoping when I said that there would be a roaring response. Yes! <laughs> Charles Stanley said when he was a teenager, he said he felt like he should go spend some time with his grandfather. And his grandfather said to him, Charles, I want to teach you some things. And here's one thing I want to teach you, Charles. Obey God. Obey God. And he said, Charles, if God tells you to ram your head through a block wall, you go do it. And he said, Charles, when you go to ram your head through that block wall, God will make a hole for your head if he told you to do it. How do we show we, we trust God? God, whatever you do, I'm going to do it. See, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, I, I believe this and I close. I believe hearing from God is so imperative. I believe hearing from God is so imperative. This week, I went with the senior adults. We had a great time. We went to Charlotte, North Carolina. I wish you all could have gone with us. We went to the Billy Graham Library and toured the life of Dr. Billy Graham, studied the life of Dr. Billy Graham. Let me tell you something right quick. This is the story. 1934, there was going to be a crusade in Charlotte, North Carolina. And a man was going to come and preach named Mordecai Ham. He was going to preach a revival meeting. 
And a group of men, they weren't pastors, they were businessmen. They were businessmen. They decided that they would meet and pray for that revival. While they was meeting and praying, there was a businessman in the group named Vernon Patterson. And Vernon Patterson said, I believe I've heard from God. I believe God's whispered to me. They said, Vernon, what did he whisper to you? Vernon said, God has told me that in this revival that's coming with this preacher Mordecai Helm, that we ought to pray that God would raise somebody up from this revival that would impact the world. And they started praying specifically. God raised somebody up out of this revival that would impact the world. And lo and behold, Billy Graham gives his life to Jesus Christ. What if this man who we've never heard his name, Vernon Patterson, hadn't have been sensitive to God? What if he hadn't been sensitive? Here's what I know about every one of us. We need to hear from God. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.